Thank you so much, church. Um, after tonight, be at peace and be thankful. There's one more sermon that I have for you in this, How to Be an Undefeated Christian, and it's to uh, be transformed. So I would hope that all these weeks that I've been speaking to you would communicate to you how we should not be defeated by the enemy. So tonight, I want to talk to you about two things that every single one of us, every man and every woman that is a believer in Jesus Christ, what you should display to those who don't know Christ. The sermon is titled, Be at Peace and Be Thankful. And if Satan would want to take anything from you or I, it's your peace and your gratitude. When you don't have peace and when you're not grateful, you compare to what others have and then you become critical. And Christians should not be that way. It doesn't mean that you will never have problems, but even in the midst of my controversy or problems, <clears throat> I have peace and I have gratitude. That's what God wants us to have. Because in 1 John 4, 4, the Bible says a greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world, who is Satan. So tonight we're going to learn how to do it, why we should do it, and when we should do it. Be at peace and be thankful, Colossians 3.15. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace, and be ye thankful. If you look at it one more time as they leave it up just for a second, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Thank you. That word rule is the determining factor. The peace of Christ should be what guides you when you have to make a decision. So many people ask me, I wish I knew the will of God. Well, what God does to guide us is if he robs you of your peace, he takes the peace away, he doesn't want you to go forward in that decision. If God gives you peace, he's saying, this is where I want you to go. You may go halfway and then your peace uh, decreases because God says, I want to turn you in another direction. How does God guide his children? Through peace. If there's anything the world wants, it's peace. If there's anything that people want in our culture here in the 21st century in Northern California, in America, it's peace. All you have to do is turn on the news and you see that there's not peace. And when there's not peace, and there's not peace in your home or peace in your life, then guess what goes next? Your gratitude. So why God wants us to have peace and to be grateful is because all those people out there that don't know him, they notice that, why do you have so much peace? And what are you so grateful about? And you go, whoa, bro, calm down. God wants us to have peace. An attitude of gratitude contributes to an enjoyment of spiritual tranquility, whereas grumbling makes for inner agitation. How do I change my perspective? Well, I grumbled because I had to get up every morning until one morning I couldn't get up. If you don't like something, change it. If you can't change it, change the way you think about it. Because the whole issue about a situations up here. It was uh, Johnny Depp in Pirates of the Caribbean, who, this is his quote, but he said, the problem is not the problem. 
what you think about the problem is the problem. I'm not promoting Johnny Depp as you know, a religious person or anything like that, but it's so true. If I, let my, if I allow my problems to control my inner thoughts and I start grumbling, that's the problem. If you can't change it, change the way you think about it. Why we don't have peace. The greatest burden we have to carry in life is self. Because everywhere I go, I go with me. The most difficult thing we have to manage is self. Our own daily living, our frames and feelings, our special weaknesses and temptations, our peculiar temperaments, our inward affairs of every kind, these are the things that perplex and worry us more than anything else and that bring us most often into bondage and darkness. We spend more time thinking about numero uno than we do anything else. We always are worried about self. Are people gonna like me? What if no one likes me? What if no one thinks I'm funny? What if uh, they don't like me and I don't get the job? We need to start focusing on the God that created that job and not worrying if we're good enough to get that job. So, thank you. In laying off your burdens, therefore, the first one you must get rid of is yourself. And you hear me constantly say it, and I don't mean it as a derogatory statement, but a realization that you just aren't that important. And neither am I. That doesn't mean you don't have value. I'm not trying to put you down. This is not a positive mental attitude seminar. I'm just saying, get over yourself. That's what I'm saying. There are more important things because no matter what happens, how many would agree with me by a, a showing of a clap of hands that God will take care of you? Okay? <clears throat> so when the enemy comes in, what about you? What about you? you just tell him, I'm not that important. Get off my back. God's important. God's, thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. Not my kingdom come and my will be done. You must hand yourself and all your inward experiences, your temptations, your temperament, your frames and feelings, all of it over into the care and keeping of God and leave him there. He made you and therefore he understands you and he knows how to manage you and you must trust him to do it. God will take care of you. No matter how it looks, no matter what time it is or temperature it is, God will take care of you. And that's the problem when Satan tells you, how could this happen to you? God must have forgotten about you. God doesn't forget about you. He created you. There's no other you in all of time. You're the only one that God created. He didn't make two of you. Somebody say, thank God. He made you. And so he's not going to forsake you. So when you tell yourself, ah, get off my back and go back to sleep, don't worry about it. Next, lay off every other burden. Don't worry about your health. Don't worry about your reputation. Don't worry about your Christian work. Don't worry about your homes or your children or your businesses or your employees. Everything in short that concerns you, whether inward or outward, don't worry about it because it's going to rob you of your peace. So your house isn't as big as someone else's. You don't have to pay as much taxes as they do either. And so you can't do your lawn. Hire a gardener. He'll come and do it for you. And you'll stand there eating a donut and drinking your coffee, looking out your kitchen window. You pick that up over there. Anyway. Then, only then can you have peace. It's a very simple secret. It is possible 
to obey God's command contained in these words in Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 and 7. And this is in the Bible. People say, why do you read the Bible? It's not a contemporary book. Don't worry about anything. That's about as contemporary as you can get. Turn to someone next to you and say, that verse is for you. <laughs> Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God your needs and don't forget to thank him for his answers. It may not be the answer you wanted. Lord, I'm going to go out my door right now, and I spent time putting on all my makeup, and I want every guy in that party to notice me. <laughs> mm -hmm. And it just doesn't happen. So what happened? I spent all this money on my hair and my nails and all these earrings, just and no one even noticed me. Get over yourself. Because the Bible says if you do this, you will experience God's peace, which is far more wonderful than the human mind can understand. His peace will keep your thoughts and your hearts quiet and at rest as you trust in Christ Jesus. And who, regardless of your age, young or old, doesn't want that rest? Because it'll show in your demeanor And then you see other people, they just don't smile. They look disgruntled. They look angry. That's not what God wants for his children. And if anything, if you're a child of God, don't look bored. We have nothing to be bored about. We got a lot to be excited about as children of God. <clears throat> So let me go deeper here now, because some people in this room I haven't convinced yet. What is peace? What is peace? Listen to this answer. Peace is God-given tranquility. God-given. Peace is God-given tranquility, and it should rule or decide every debate. It is the absence of agitation, restlessness, and dissatisfaction. We are constantly looking for it, for when we were created, God put an area within us that is not complete until we have it. You can find a type of peace in a relationship, in money, even in a vacation, but it is not the type of peace that it lasts. And if you were to ask a pastor, what is it that's missing in my life? It's God's peace. Because when you have God's peace, guess what? You're grateful for what you have. You can throw a piece of bologna into a piece of bread, fold it up and grab some chips, and you're okay with that. Okay, you're just okay with that. But only the peace that comes from God and lasts and satisfies and fulfills. And in order to possess this type of peace and to maintain this type of peace, a person needs to have gratitude. Now this is where we kind of say, I don't know if I agree with that. I just got a blowout on the freeway and you want me to be thankful for that? Yes. But I don't understand why I should be thankful for that. Because you don't know what's further on down the road. Like you miss a flight and then you hear that that airline's crashed. At first you were grumbling and complaining and all mad. But then the airline crashed. You're not happy that other people died on the plane crash. But that God was watching out for you. Every single one of you, give him a hand of praise. <clears throat> okay, 
Now, to bring us back to where we need to be mentally and emotionally, listen to this. Nothing better creates peace and order and gratitude to God than having gratitude for his mercies. You and I are sinners. The wages of sin is what? Death. That's eternal separation from God. We are supposed to be condemned to an eternal damnation in hell. But our names, our name, my name and your name is written in the Lamb's book of life and we're going to heaven to be with Jesus. Even though we deserve hell, we're not going to hell because God loves us. And we haven't done anything to be good enough to get him to deserve heaven. It's his mercy. It's his mercy. So nothing better creates peace and order than gratitude to God for his mercies. On the other hand, peace seems to be very delicate and can be frustrated very easily. God's peace needs to be accompanied by thankfulness. And here's where I'm going to throw the rope and pull you in. If thankfulness becomes a way of life, it will make it much easier to maintain a state of peace. It helps us look on the bright side instead of focusing on the events that can disturb our calm. You can get up and man, this is gonna be a good day and the car won't start. And so things fluctuate. But you know what, I'm still alive. I'm still a child of God. If anything happens, I'm still going to heaven. It's this attitude that you have up here that enables you to make it through this valley and get back up on the mountaintop. I know everything's not going to be perfect, but you can have peace. And you know what? You can point your finger at Satan and say, you cannot rob me of God's peace. This is God's peace. <clears throat> I had in my garage um, this type of punching bag that when you would punch it, the elastic bands would make it come right back at you. And so the faster you punched it, the faster the ball came back. And so when you'd punch it, you'd have to move and it would go right past your face and hit it again. You know what I'm talking about, right? Well, I was taking my kids to school that morning and when my son walked by, I didn't know, you know, kids are gonna grab stuff, that he grabbed that elastic band and he put it around my mirror. And so, I didn't know he had done that. And it was connected to the ceiling with a metal carabiner, like a thing you just clip on there. And so I said, come on, we gotta go. And they got in the truck, I opened up the garage, and I'm looking back, and as I'm backing up, I'm pulling that elastic band with my truck. And I don't have any idea that's going on. No idea. And I'm going, all of a sudden, I hear an explosion. Boom! And I thought someone had shot the window of my car. And I go, are you guys okay? And I see all this glass all over the front of the truck. And then I see that punching ball just wiggling in the air. And I go, oh God, oh God. I didn't know I was pulling that. Hey, it didn't hit me. Hey, I still had my truck. I mean, I didn't have a window, but I had my truck. Hey, I still got the kids to school on time. Hey, I'm still up here preaching about it. In other words, those things happen. No telling what could happen to you. But if you're not thankful for what you got, it is doubtful you'll be thankful for what you will get.
And I called the insurance. <laughs> and I expected them to pay for my window. And they say, I'm sorry, Mr. Garcia, we don't pay for punching bags hitting windows. <laughs> John 14, 27. I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give you isn't fragile like the peace the world gives. So don't be troubled and don't be afraid. And there's a prayer that I pray over people. Jesus, I tell them, Jesus said, peace I give you. Peace I leave you. Not the type of peace the, as the world gives, give I unto you. And when I touch him on the forehead, I say, in the name of Jesus, may the peace of God flow from the top of your head to the sole of your feet. People know you're not a doctor, you're not an attorney, and you may not even know what to do to help me, but I can pray that you have God's peace. And that's what all of us want. So what robs us of our peace? A troubled Christian and a Christian that is afraid is a defeated Christian. This cannot be for it does not figure into the power of the Holy Spirit. God has already given us peace. Somebody say amen. amen. We have peace with God through Jesus Christ. Somebody say amen. amen. And we have peace with each other. When our peace is gone, we, me too, are defeated, and the enemy is able to control our thoughts, our actions, and our attitudes. And I know that you know what I'm talking about. When the enemy controls your thoughts, when the enemy controls your attitudes, and when the enemy controls your actions, because the same has happened to me. When I'm frustrated, I don't need to be. I need to have God's peace. Well, we read, let the peace of God rule in your heart. The word rule means to act as an umpire. There are many decisions to be made in the life of a Christian. And we, me too, are often bewildered and hesitant for we're not sure if it's the will of God. If we are confused and wondering what to do, then we are to be guided by the peace of God in our life. And every single one of you can ask God, is this your will? Show me that this is, I'm doing the right thing by giving me your peace. So the peace is more uh, important to us than the decision we have to make. Because wherever we go, we want God's peace to be in our spirit. I'm telling you, people see that in your eyes. They want it. They want what you have. They want to know how you got it. They go, what, what, what are you, are you high? No, I'm not high. In fact, I'm going to say bye. No, not really. <laughs> what is it that you have? And don't tell me it's that Jesus thing. Sorry. Okay. Because it is. And I'm no closer to God, you can tell him, than you are. You can have the same peace in your life. Peace when you're arguing. Peace when you're fighting. Peace when the money ran out. Peace when the landlord wants you to move out. Peace when mm, 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 the car won't start. Peace when you go in and you get a pink slip. Because if God can't give us his peace in those situations, then what else are we going to do? Come on, give him a hand of praise. 
When I have peace, God is telling me to go forward with his blessing. When my peace is taken from me, God is telling me to stop and change direction. Believers are to let the peace of Christ act as an umpire in their hearts because they are called to peace as members of one body. So watch. When last week I said, be reconciled to a brother, what good does it do if you have peace but your brother or sister doesn't have peace? So we cannot keep this peace to ourselves. We're to give it away because God gave it to us. It's not because we're special. I know some of you are, but it's, the rest of us aren't there yet. It's because God loves us. And so you can't purchase this. You can't do a, a okay, go ahead, don't hesitate. <laughs> you can't purchase this piece. It's a gift from God, and it's for you. It's for the mom who just had a baby, and that baby is crying. And God will give her peace. It's for that father who just got laid off and he's gotta go home and tell the mom with the new baby, his wife, that I just lost my job. That peace is for him and her. And they can say, let's kneel down right now and thank God, he'll give us another job. He gave me that job, he'll give me another job. With twice the pay than I was making at the old job. So you want this peace. And don't do anything to take it away. I'm going to give you a secret. Come here. If you have peace of God and you're not thankful, that peace is not going to stay. I gave you the peace, God says, so you and I would be grateful. Let's talk about that. He says, be at peace or peace, let the peace of God rule in your heart and be ye thankful. In other words, it means it's a continuous obligation. Keep on becoming thankful. Keep on becoming thankful. Thankfulness is not so much an action as it is an attitude. So you can say, thank you, thank you, thank you. That's not what God's talking about. It's an attitude that you have. And the reason you're going to do this, and I'm going to do it, is because we want God's peace. So, thankfulness is not an act. Thankfulness is an attitude. And some of you right now need to thank God for what he's already done for you. Say this with me. Thank him right now. Thank him right now. Thank him right now. <laughs> Let's try it again. Say this with me. Thank him right now. That's what I want you to do. When I say something, you're going to repeat that. And when we do it the first time, if the person next to you is not doing it, just point at them and I'll talk to them after. Okay? Say it with me again. Thank him right now. Don't wait until you see results or receive rewards. What were you guys, speaking in tongues? What happened? <laughs> Let's try this again. Say, thank him right now. That's what I want you to say. Okay, nothing else. Say it again. Thank him right now. Don't wait until you see results or receive rewards. Good. 
Don't wait until you feel better or things look better. Don't wait until people say they're sorry or until they stop talking about you. Don't wait until the pain in my body disappears. Don't go down, church. Let's keep it going up. Don't wait until your financial situation improves. Don't wait until you get promoted at work or until you get the job. And don't wait until you understand every experience in your life that has caused you pain or grief. Say it one more time. Say it one more time. Give our God a hand of praise. Yeah, thank him so you'll get healed. Well, what if he doesn't heal me? Thank him right now. What if the pain doesn't go away? Thank him in the pain. A couple months ago when I was infected with COVID, the next morning, my right foot just swelled up and I couldn't step on it. I, I was walking like this. I even had to walk with a cane, which is one thing I told myself I never wanted to do. And then they tell me you have to use it in the hand opposite the foot that hurts. So I was putting the cane over here so I could walk right. Went to Kaiser, they took x-rays. I find that, what is wrong with my foot? Well, you don't have arthritis and there's no degenerative disease, so we don't know. I go, what do you mean you don't know? Well, you just need to ice it. Thank him right now. Thank him. And so it doesn't matter what's going on here. Listen to me, people. And I know some of you say, that's kind of far-fetched for me. It doesn't matter what's going on right here because this isn't our home. We're passing through. Our home is in heaven with the Lord God. That's where we're going. And there, there's no pain. There's no sorrow. There's no crying. There's no worry, no fear, no heat. There's no debt. There's no concern. And if you get into heaven, you're not going to mess up and get kicked out. What happened, bro? I got kicked out of heaven, man. It's not going to happen. You made it because of the grace of God, not because of anything you did. So how many would agree with me right now that we need to have peace and we need to be thankful to God? Come on. Come on. <laughs> and that, if you want to frustrate Satan, have peace and be thankful. It bugs him to no end. Man, you just lost your job. I, I made sure you just fired and you walk out. Praise God. <laughs> and that's why they think we're weird. You're a Christian, aren't you? Yes. I thought so, because you're weird. Everyone else is kicking their desk, burning rubber out of the parking lot, but not you. God bless you. Hope you find another job. <laughs> we need to be thankful because we want God's peace. You can't purchase peace, but nor can you create thankfulness. Even that comes from God. Thank him because you're alive. Thank him because you made it this far. Thank God because you survived. Thank him because you have the ability and the opportunity to do more and to do better. Thank God that even though you blew it, you can get up and try again. Thank the Father because he hasn't given up on you. Come on. <clears throat> Some of you ought to thank God for what he hasn't done. That is the basis of thankfulness to remember that we got here 
with the help of God, and that he is the provider of every blessing. The author of Roots, that was a long time ago, uh, Alex Haley. How many of you remember Alex Haley in the movie Roots? Okay, that shows us the old people we remember. Some of the young ones, what are you talking about Roots? Well, Alex Haley became so powerful with that book. That book became so powerful, and it made it into a motion picture, a movie. And Alex Haley said that when he was writing Roots, he would always look out his window and he put a turtle, not a live turtle, but a turtle on top of a fence post outside his window. And somebody asked him, why did you do that? And he said, because that turtle didn't get there by himself. He had help. Where you're at today, where I'm at today, somebody was praying for us. Somebody was asking God to bless us. Our parents, other pastors, other Christians were paving the way for us. When people were talking bad about us, these people would say good things about us. So where we're at today, we didn't get there on our own. Somebody helped us get there. Come on. And that is the basis of thankfulness, to remember that we got here with the help of God and others, and that he is a provider of every blessing we have. Colossians 1, 13 and 14 says, God has delivered us from the domain of darkness. He's transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son, in whom we have received redemption and the forgiveness of sins. God has taken away my guilt. Even though the devil points his finger at me and says, you're a sinner, God has taken all my sins away, past, present, and future. And he's done the same for you. Everything you ever did, everything you're going to do, God has already taken that away because you are his daughter, you are his son. <clears throat> Philippians 4.19 says, my God shall supply all your needs, all of them, according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. 1 Peter 5.10 says, After you have suffered for a little while, the God of all grace who called you into his eternal glory in Christ will himself perfect, that means complete, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. Yes, you go through trials, and yes, you suffer like I do also, but God is going to finish what he started and get you to the place he wants. Come on. He's going to get you to that place. So then you can realize you didn't get there on your own. Someone helped you get there. Someone is keeping you alive today. Someone won't let sickness or adversity, pressure or pain affect you. Because God loves you. And God has a purpose and a plan for every single one of you. And 1 John 3, 2 says, Beloved, now are we the children of God. And it has not yet appeared as yet what we shall be. But we know that when he appears, we're going to be like him, for we are going to see him even as he is the living, eternal son of God. Come on. In church, I'll tell you something. It doesn't matter how bad it gets. 
when Jesus appears and when you see Jesus, because those who reject Jesus will never see Jesus. Your eyes, your very eyes will see him. And the Bible says you'll be like him because you see him. You can't see God and not change. You will get to see God. And he will call you by name, not number, uh, number 59, number 59. He will call you by name. You will come into his presence and he will say, well done, good and faithful servant. I have a place prepared for you in the kingdom of my father for eternity. Come in into the presence of the Lord. Somebody shout, thank God so much. And that's for us, all of that. Peace, I give you. Bow your heads. Peace, I give you. Peace, I leave you. Not the type of peace the world gives. Give I unto you. In the name of Jesus, receive that peace that passes all understanding. And may it flow from the top of your head unto the sole of your feet. May you experience God's peace and be assured that how much he loves you. And may your attitude and my attitude become one of gratitude and gratefulness to God, not only for what he has done, but for what he hasn't done, for what I really deserve. I pray that not only tonight, Shall you sleep like you have never slept? But tomorrow morning when you awaken, you shall feel refreshed and grateful because God says in his word, he gives his beloved sleep. And so he's saying to you tonight, hear me. There's no sense both of us sitting up with worry. I'm gonna be up all night. You go ahead and sleep, God says. Nothing will harm you. I'm watching over you and I love you. Good night, church, and God bless you. <laughs>